All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to a January 6th edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. Tyler Uramchuk and Frank Saravalli with you in just two games last night, but plenty of storylines for us to jump into. Frank, how's it going? I'm good, Tyler. How are you doing? Fantastic. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and let's not waste any more time with the chit chat, Frank. Let's get right into it and start with the hottest team in hockey. The Pittsburgh Penguins have won nine in a row thanks to a great comeback effort against the Blues, which saw them score three goals in the third period. Frank, this is just a team where it feels like everything they do, every decision they make is the right one, including an interesting one to make a goalie change last night. Yeah, I mean, there's so many positives to point to for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sidney Crosby getting involved. It seemed like he was better in the game, more involved physically after his little tussle there with Nico Mikola of the St. Louis Blues. Evan Rodriguez, his 14th goal of the season, but really an underrated change or perhaps didn't get talked about enough last night was the magnificent goaltending change by Mike Sullivan. When I saw the decision to take Casey DeSmith out of the game after just three goals and really even one that you you look at the Pareko shot and what she came out on. And to me, it was like there was so much traffic in front of the net. Maybe he should have fought for it a little bit better, but it wasn't one of those goals that I was like, wow, that was an obvious painful one. But I think, 
that was the perfect opportunity or perfect example of Mike Sullivan having his finger on the pulse for this Penguins team. They were outplaying the Blues largely to that point. They had just gotten on the board, and the St. Louis Blues come back and score, and all of a sudden, DeSmith is out of the game. Jari enters, hasn't played in a while, coming off of COVID, and he comes in, and the Penguins don't allow another goal. The comeback ends up getting completed in the third period, but I just thought for a a move that is probably often criticized to pull the goalie, Mike Sullivan really knew exactly what he was doing in that situation and made the right choice. Yeah, you can see here with the numbers off to the side, which goalie is clearly the number one in Pittsburgh and which one is going to be in the Vesna conversation, which we'll get to next. So I see the side of it that is, you know, you can't afford to give up another goal when you're down 3-1. So put in the guy who gives you the best chance to not give up another goal. But my eyes were wide open when it was, okay, Jari's coming in. He hasn't played in a long time. You mentioned the COVID absence, the league pause as well. Really interesting. But when you're hot, you're hot. And this is a Penguins team now that is seventh in the East in points percentage. They haven't even gotten Evgeny Malkin back. And they're 11th in goals for per game. Is this a team you think, Frank, that can really, I mean, obviously not keep rolling into nine wins out of every 10 for the rest of the year, but can they keep going at this pace and stay in the playoff hunt? Yeah, I don't think there's any question with the different players that have stepped up at varying points this season. I mentioned Rodriguez off the top, 14 goals. Like, what a revelation he's been. Just all the varying contributions they've gotten from different players. And and you mentioned Malkin, by the way. Quickly, you know, my guess is he's back sometime next week. I've got Anaheim circled on the calendar as a date that really makes sense for Evgeny Malkin to get back in the lineup. We'll see. They've got uh, their road trip kicking off tonight in Philadelphia. They also stop in Dallas. But, man, Anaheim, uh, this team is only going to be getting better with Malkin back in the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's dig into some Vesna talk now. We mentioned Tristan Jari, second in goals against average, third in save percentage amongst goalies who have played at least 20 games. Frank, we've been previewing some of the major awards or talking about the major awards uh, throughout the week. And now it's time to talk a little goaltending. Feels weird that I'm sitting here and not Mike McKenna to do this award. But regardless, uh, let's flash up our fire, our five pick ballots here and then take us through yours. You know, I I think the Vezina this year is actually going to be the hardest individual trophy to win because there's so many goalies that are having outstanding seasons. And for me, I know there's been lots of talk about Jack Campbell and how how he's had this superb statistical season, 939 save percentage, four shutouts. He's been great for the Leafs. I guess I just have some question marks and and really the same question marks that have existed all season long. You know, I, there weren't a lot of people talking about the Leafs goaltending heading into the season. It's been such a strong suit for them and really kept them uh, right near the very top in the Atlantic. But what does Jack Campbell and his season look like as the workload increases? You know, you're going to see some incredible pace in in March and, and April, and especially in February as the schedule gets rejigged here due to COVID. And there's going to be a ton of work to go around. How much does Morazic get? How much does Campbell rip off? And how does that affect his numbers? Do they end up coming down? For me, Andre Vasilevsky is still the best goaltender in the game. I think he's got the inside track here. But what's interesting is if you look at our ballots and we both have the same five guys just in different orders, we don't have UC Soros on the list. Uh, There's certainly case to be made for him with the season that he's had with the Nashville Predators. And as the Vancouver Canucks continue to climb in the standings, I'd imagine that Thatcher Demko gets some consideration as well. Important to point out, I'm not a voter for this award. This is voted on by the NHL's general managers. But still, the Vezina, there's going to be lots of interest this year because... There's so many guys that you can make a case for. 
with, with the amount of names, like you mentioned Soros and Demko, who I started with each of those guys on my list. And as I started to comb through the numbers, it was like, okay, well, the five I have like clearly need to be up there. Freddie Anderson was the one for me. We both have him fifth where he didn't pop into my head at first, maybe. But then as you dig in and you go, okay, well, his goals against average is under two. Like, how can you not have that guy on your ballot? This almost reminds me a little bit of like a Cy Young race in baseball, whereas we head down for the last two months of the season. If you have one bad game, if you give up four or five goals in a start, that might be enough to just plummet your numbers enough to take you totally out of this thing. Yeah, I think that's well said. Um, I don't know that it's going to be quite that thin uh, in terms of the margin, but it's going to be really interesting to watch. I think this, to me, is the juiciest trophy race. And uh, you look at some of the betting odds, and and Jack Campbell is certainly getting a lot of love, but you look further down the list, and a Freddie Anderson who's been stout all season long at 929 has crazy odds to win it. So I think it's wide open at this point still. And a closing thought from me, if you look back two months ago, if you would have said, hey, we're having the Vesna conversation in January and Jacob Markstrom isn't even being talked about once in the two minutes and 30 seconds, that would have been crazy considering the start to the year yeah, he had really good as point. well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's keep moving on here. Frank, over to Daily Faceoff, you have your new trade targets list out and people love this thing. It's a, it's a huge hit, Frank. Uh, but let's jump right into it with number one on your list. It's Thomas Hurdle. I mean, this guy's on pace for nearly a 40 goal season. The Sharks are probably thrilled that he's having this much success because the price is going up. He's number one on your list. Would you consider him a lock to be moved before the trade deadline? Yeah, I think so at this point. I, I think the jury was still out a little bit in November and December as the Sharks got off to a better start than a lot of people thought they might. But with Hurdle and how complete of a game he plays, uh, the fact that he's unsigned, the fact that this team, when you look at their prospect cupboard and and where they stand organizationally, you know, this is going to be a number of years in a row now, three, four years where this team isn't in the playoff mix. They clearly need to do something different. And that's the one thing that's hurting them is, is what they have on the way in the pipeline. And the list isn't very deep. So Hurdle is a guy that really could help bring back a significant return. And, you know, it's just a fascinating time of year. We saw our first trade of the year in 2022 uh, on Wednesday with the Pittsburgh Penguins sending Sam Lafferty to Chicago. And that's coming right at a time where all these teams are beginning to gather some virtually some in person to get their front office together with both their amateur and pro scouting departments hold these mid-season meetings and say hey what does our list look like who are some of the players that we will be targeting um, and so that process is underway at the moment and lots of teams are having these conversations about Tomas Hurdle and, and moving forward, you know, he's going to be the most in-demand player at the trade deadline on March 21st, 75 days away from right now. And I can tell you in advance, one team that's already begun to have conversations about Tomas Hurdle is the New York Rangers. How strong of a fit would he be as they continue to look for some middle six help? Um, you know, so there's lots of options. You know, name a team that Tomas Hurdle wouldn't make better. Uh, the list is very small. Yeah. Uh, moving on to another one here. You have Jacob Chikrin and Ben Sherratt near the top of that list. Sherratt, a pending UFA. Chikrin, probably a guy who a team that, you know, is looking to bring in a guy. I mean, three years left. He'll be able to help you for more than just one playoff run. But lower down the list, you have Mark Giordano, Nick Letty, and Calvin DeHaan. So three other pending UFA defensemen. What's the market going to be like for these rental defensemen? And who do you think could be sniffing around the likes of those four players? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting in terms of sort of the delineation of, you know, we've got 
one group of players here. And then we sort of got a separate group of rental players that are for a bit further down on the list. And um, I think Sherratt is, you know, by the, by virtue of putting him at number two is going to be in significant demand. You, you know, it's been reported in the last couple of days, the teams that have been after him and been in conversation, uh, the Florida Panthers were one, the St. Louis blues were another, um, you know, I can't say enough good things about Ben Sherratt. You look at the Winnipeg jets and sort of how, long it took them to replace him after they left, how hard they were after him to try and keep him. Um, he's just one of those guys, dependable, steady, uh, really, really well liked in his team's dressing room. And so he's going to be a guy that teams are after and at a reasonable cap. And if you could get the Montreal Canadiens even hang on to some of that, I would think that the price would increase that much further. I think the next group down includes some of those guys that you mentioned in terms of a Dahan, in terms of a Nick Letty, um, you know, I, I think the New York Islanders are another team that misses Nick Letty this season. Uh, you look at his contributions and you look at some of the winning teams that he's played on four times. His team has made it to the conference final that he's played and he's still only 30. Uh, he's a guy that has some wear on his tires with 808 career games played, but uh, someone to me that I think is, especially if you can get Detroit to again, retain a little bit of salary that a lot of teams could fit into the mix and he could certainly make a lot better. We talked about a forward. We talked about some defensemen. Now I want to talk a little bit about the goaltenders on your list with Jonas Corposalo and Alexander Gorgiev, two guys who, you know, they don't strike me as players that a contending team would bring in because they're not veterans, right? You're not looking for that strong, steady backup. And specifically with Gorgiev is the guy I want to ask about. The Rangers are in the playoff mix. We're talking about them adding. Would they really move Gorgiev before the deadline? Yeah, and we've spent the last couple of days talking about how important it is to have multiple goaltenders. The fact that 97 goalies have been used to, to this point in the season, we're closing in on a record. Um, and so you, you need to have a trustworthy tandem on your team. But for me, when I look at the New York Rangers who have vaulted themselves into this conversation, are they a Stanley Cup contender? How close are they? That Georgiev at this point is a luxury that they probably can't afford to have. Um, for one, uh, he's also made a soft trade request. I reported back in the summer that he had let the New York Rangers know that, hey, I think I'm ready for the next level in this league. I think that I'm ready for starters minutes and a starters role. Uh, to this point, uh, it's hard to blame him. 9-11 career save percentage in parts of five NHL seasons. The league average this year, 905. You know, I, I think some teams that are in the mix and that are looking for goalies, you know, might want to look towards a younger guy like a Georgiev that could step in and not just be your guy for this year, but also for some years moving forward. Very interesting. Quickly, in like 10 seconds, Tarasenko, Justin Hall, JT Miller, Brian Rust, Henrik Borgstrom, they're your guys off the list. Do one of those names st stand out as someone who could work their way back onto the list by deadline time? Only if the Pittsburgh Penguins really fell out of it with rust. And by the way, there was lots of talk about Yaroslav Halak in the last number of days about the Vancouver Canucks potentially moving in. I want to remind everyone he has a full no move clause and I don't see that coming into play. Perfect. Uh, Frank, you know me. I could talk rumors and trade targets for an entire show, uh, but we'll move on a fantastic list. It's up now at dailyfaceoff.com. And now we're going to bring in our rules analyst, Tim Peel, for another edition of Ask Peelzy.
Pleased to welcome back to the Daily Faceoff show, longtime NHL referee and now Daily Faceoff rules analyst, Tim Peel. Tim, you look at that game last night that was played between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the St. Louis Blues, and there was a couple interesting goaltender interference moments that popped up in the game. One call that I believe the Situation Room got correct, but the other was Nico Mikola being called for a two-minute minor goaltender interference. It sure looked to me like he was pushed into the goaltender by Brian Dumoulin there. When you look at that play again, what was the proper call there? Is no call the proper call? How do you see it? Hey, Frank. Um, yeah, that situation there, there's a couple factors that I think ran through. Uh, if I put myself in Dean Morton's shoes, uh, Dean's a seasoned veteran. He's been around over a thousand games, uh, getting actually ready to retire in the, at the end of the season. And I don't think he saw the play. And there's one thing as a referee that you can't do and you can't guess. And I think he saw uh, the Pittsburgh goalie down. He saw Mikola tied up with Dumoulin. Then a little scrum ensues. And I, but I, I think the reason that he called that is not necessarily that play, but Mikola, as you probably saw earlier in the game, was was in an altercation with Sidney Crosby. They went at it pretty good. They, they whacked each other. They hacked each other. They punched each other. It was it was fun to watch. And I think now, as a referee, Morton now saw Mikola in the crease, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna take Mikola for goalie interference. And clearly, it wasn't the right call. It was the wrong call. Uh, Mikola. You know, should he have been that deep in the crease trying to cut through Dumoulin and the Pittsburgh goalie? I'm not sure, but you could tell that Dumoulin actually pushed Mikola into the goaltender. And at the end of the day, the correct call would have been no call at all. Tim, I wanted to ask you about something that I consider reverse goalie interference. And it's I, I've noticed it a few times this year and specifically a few times with Alexander Gorgiev, who we were talking about early. But you'll see sometimes when a forechecking player is coming in and they need to make the quick choice of am I going behind the net or in front of the net? And when they decide to go in front of the net, you'll see the goalie kind of pivot out. Sometimes it's just sticking, putting their stick out. Sometimes they'll move their whole body up in the crease to the top of the paint. And what I would say is interfering with the player skating by and I've noticed a few times where a ref will sometimes yell at the goalie or they'll go over during the TV timeout and have a conversation with them. But my question is, if the goalie stays in his crease but pivots out like that to get in the way of a skating player, is that interference or the goalie's totally protected as long as they're in their crease? No, absolutely. It, it would be interference. If, if the goaltender takes away the path, the linear path of the uh, um, forechecking player, and and gets in his gets in his way then interference should be called there aren't many penalties called against goaltenders these days uh, we saw one in the winter classic when where bennington got called for a tripping penalty it was a great call but no you're right if if the player is forechecking he's on the forecheck he's trying to get in on the play and the goaltender makes an uh, an obvious uh effort to get in the way of the for checking player, then yes, uh, goaltender interference, or I'm sorry, interference should obviously be called on that play. And going back to the the challenge last night in in Pittsburgh, I didn't agree with the challenge. Uh, I think if you asked anybody, you know, I saw on social media, everybody thought, oh, Sidney Crosby's getting preferential treatment. It's Sidney Crosby. Well, 
I, I don't care if it was Sidney Pottier, that that's not a, a goaltender interference place. If you, you ask anybody, what did Sidney Crosby do wrong? He didn't do anything wrong. He was outside of the paint. His foot might have been in a, a, an inch or two, uh, but it was the actions of Bennington that caused the goaltender interference. And uh, I, I didn't agree with the challenge, but I've talked to coaches and GMs this year about different challenges because I've I've noticed sometimes that they'll challenge a play that I can tell at, at home that it's not going to get overturned. And sometimes they said uh, that sometimes they just need a challenge. They want to show that they're supporting their goaltender and it, they feel that if they don't challenge it, the goaltender is going to be basically saying, do you guys not, do you guys not respect me enough that to think that it was goaltender interference. So sometimes, you know, at home as a fan, you wonder why they challenge it. There's a reason sometimes that they challenge it that we're not aware of. Tim, fantastic insight as always. Appreciate your time and love chatting a little goalie interference with you. Always a hot topic. Sounds good, boys. Thank you. There you go. Oh, Frank, I have debated that interference on the goalie thing so many times. It is good to have Peelzy on my side for the next time I need to argue with someone. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see that interference called, but also the interference that's missed a lot is the reverse hit where you see a guy sort of throw his, his butt or his back out to hit a guy before he touches the puck. That's actually interference as well. I don't know why that one isn't called uh, as much or really ever. Me and Frank, stickler for the rules. Uh, let's move on to our daily face-off inbox question. You can send them in, hashtag AskDFO. Tuka Rask officially signed to an AHL contract, I think is the wording there, right, Frank? Yeah, a professional tryout contract for Tuka Rask will make his first start of the season on Friday night in Providence. And go ahead, ask your question. Yeah, the question is, what's Boston going to do with this sort of three-headed monster? Because they have Jeremy Swayman. He's waiver-exempt, but his numbers this year are good. 2.20 goals against average and a 9.20 save percentage. There's Linus Allmark. His numbers are worse. They just signed him to a deal worth $5 million a season. What's Boston going to do in the crease, Frank? Yeah, it's a really good question. And the other part of it is, what exactly is Tuka Rask going to sign for? Bruce Cassidy was asked about the dynamic today between Swayman and Allmark, uh, now injecting quite clearly Tuka Rask into the scenario. And the only one that really makes sense to me since Swayman remains waiver exempt is to then send him to the AHL and get him starting as many games as you can to keep him fresh. I can understand why that would be a disappointing outcome for Swayman, someone who's made his mark on the NHL both this season and last year in the shortened campaign. Uh, when he came up, he looked really good and sort of gave the Bruins the confidence to head into the offseason, you know, with him as an option as well as Olmark. Uh, I bet the Bruins at this point watching Olmark and, and watching uh, where he landed with that contract that they didn't have a four-year commitment on the table with him. But uh, nonetheless, Swayman is the easy choice. But the other part is what does Rask's number look like? I, I think it ends up being a one-year uh, short money deal, uh, given that the Bruins were his preferred and seemingly only option that he was willing to play for. But We'll see. You look at his resume, not often that a Vezina Trophy winner, a runner up from two years ago, ends up rejoining a team midseason coming off of injury and be real curious to see what that cap hit looks like. 
Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see if there's any implications there on the trade front either, either Boston having to open up some cap space or whatever they end up doing with their three-headed monster between the pipes. But certainly just a matter of time until Tuka Rask is back in a Boston Bruins sweater. And uh, let's get into the points bet segment here, Frank, because I'm not going to lie, I was pretty upset last night. I mean, I picked Jordan Cairo to get an assist. The guy ends up going out and scoring a goal. I'm sitting there. It's 3-1 Blues after the second period. I'm dusting off my hands. I'm going, hey. You know, either Cairo picks up an assist, the Blues hold on. I'm feeling good. And uh, boy, that third period did not go my way. But I'm back at it tonight with two bets, courtesy of our friends over at PointsBet. So let's jump into it, starting with this matchup between the Florida Panthers and the Dallas Stars. Florida minus 136 on the money line. I like them to win this game. So I'm going a step further and taking them in regulation at plus 105. Florida 4-0 since returning from their COVID pause. 24 goals scored in that span. Their offense is red hot as of late, and they're going up against a Dallas team that hasn't played since December 20th. The thing that scares me a little bit here, Florida below average on or away from home ice. Dallas has been a great home bet so far this year. Regardless, though, I'm going to stick with the Florida Panthers. I think they're the better team in this matchup, and plus 105 in regulation is a good enough price for me. And for my player prop of the day, which I mentioned yesterday, just missing on that Jordan Cairo assist, I'm taking the player you see at the top right there, Jack Hughes, even money to pick up an assist. He has six in his last four games, four straight games with an apple for the former number one overall pick as well. And they're going up against a Columbus team that's allowed 17 goals in their last three games since returning from the break. They're also not going to have Elvis Merzilkins. They're starting Jonas Corposalo once again tonight. So I think New Jersey can get the offense going. And I like Jack Hughes to pick up an assist. And those are my two plays tonight, Frank. Love it. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, a little bit of a rotten, I, I texted you last night. I said, Oh, Cairo got your point. And I thought you had picked just a point instead of an assist. I guess that's just the way it goes. Yeah, I got a, I got a little bit greedy here and let's wrap up the show with a little bit of garbage time. Frank, we actually didn't discuss this at all. I got a garbage time. Can I have it? Can I go? Or do you want to go? Yeah, I seed the floor to you, but I actually thought of one. So go ahead. Okay, well, both, maybe we'll both go then. Uh, mine is, it's a quick one. Yesterday, watching Oilers-Leafs, second straight Oilers-Leafs game, actually, where they've had players mic'd up. And for me, I don't see enough of this around the NHL. Up here in Canada with the CFL, there's always a ton of players mic'd up. And the league actually puts out like a 30-minute TV special every week. That's like a week recap with all the best hot mic kind of moments. I would love to see the NHL have every game with at least two players mic'd up. Obviously, you go through, you make sure there's nothing bad getting out there from these hot mics. But I would just love to see. I think it gives fans like an even deeper inside look in, into how the game works and how the players interact on the ice. Zach Hyman and Mitch Marner yesterday were the players mic'd up. And it was cool to have Zach Hyman lining up for a face-off with Wayne Simmons, asking him about his kids and things like that. thought it was super neat. I want to see more mics on players in the NHL. Yeah, I love that. But the problem is, I, I always say, this is why we can't have nice things because you see someone say something and then all of a sudden that guy gets chirped about it forever. And it's like part of, you know, that guy's lore is, oh, remember that time so-and-so said something to this guy? I don't know. I love it. I wish we had more of it. Sometimes it's like pulling teeth for players to to get them to participate. And, and sometimes they continually ask the same guys over and over again because they know they're going to get something funny. Uh, for me, my garbage time really quick as well was just, uh, I, I feel for the players that are being selected for Olympic teams now as sort of the replacement or fill-in Olympians. Yes, it's an amazing honor to go to the Olympics, but the anxiety that comes with it now, you've been selected, you accept, you're going to go to China for three weeks. 
potentially longer if you end up in an isolation facility. And, and this goes to all Olympic athletes right now in the middle of COVID. There's seemingly no rhyme or reason. You can follow all the protocols. You can wear your mask. You can be vaccinated, boosted, everything. And you may still end up with COVID-19, which could scuttle years, uh, a lifetime worth of work. So the players that have been selected and Chris Peters and I are going to launch a list from uh, Team USA in the coming hours after the show is just yeah, I'm on the team now, but who knows if I can actually make it to Beijing. So certainly feel for some of the guys that have that anxiety and, and really the Olympians across all sports as they prepare for Beijing. Yeah. And, and you mentioned it like, like what we saw in the world juniors, just because you get to China, just because you're there and you think you're safe in the bubble doesn't necessarily mean it's going to stay that way. Frank, that was an absolutely loaded show, a January 6th edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. You'll be back tomorrow with Scott Burnside in the co-host chair. So we'll have another fantastic Friday edition of the show. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Keep it locked on Daily Faceoff, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. 
And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.